We are glad you found our little corner of the podcast universe. To our subscribers, guests, visitors, and those with a burning desire for an answer to the question, okay, now what? We welcome you to the From Learning to Earning podcast sponsored by OK Now What. This podcast covers topics of interest to anyone starting a business, but is especially focused on the unique concerns of teachers looking to make the move to entrepreneurship. My name is David Zahn, and while I may not have all the answers, I can at least help you answer, okay, now what? Hello, and welcome to this podcast. This podcast will address a skill and an issue that causes many people to seek to avoid it like it is the dark addict of broken toys and long-forgotten mementos that you only go to when it is absolutely necessary, and then you endure these squeaky stairs and the dust and spider webs for only as long as it takes you to retrieve the item you seek, and then you leave just as quickly. But we are going to enter that attic together with a guide who will shine a flashlight into that space and illuminate it for us so that it is not nearly as scary. Further, he will show us that there is little reason to be frightened by it. In fact, this is a space where we can become quite comfortable. What we're going to talk about is the art, science, and skill of negotiating. For many of us, the very thought of negotiation sends a chill down our spines. We have images of fast-talking, manipulative, say-anything-to-get-the-deal, take-advantage-of-the-uninformed kinds of interactions where we wind up losing or made to look foolish. In fact, that feeling is so pervasive that some businesses have actually changed their go-to-market strategy to a no-haggling or no-negotiating platform. Of course, that leaves us as consumers wondering if we're still getting the best deal from those businesses. Here to clear up those skills and techniques you need to have in negotiation as you transition from the classroom to your boardroom even if that is simply your garage or kitchen table, is Ron Hubscher, CEO of the Sales Optimization Group. Ron, welcome to the podcast. Oh, David, thank you. I really like that introduction. And uh, always delighted to um, share share some time with a, a person who I look up to, a great sales thought leader. Uh, so I'm honored to spend time with you, David. I appreciate that, Ron. So, Ron, Many of us find the thought of negotiating to be distasteful. We conjure up images of the say anything, do anything to get a deal and relying on tricks and techniques to manipulate another. How do you view negotiating? Yeah, and David, thank you so very much. And I always think about it in negotiation as a collaborative event. And um, I always think uh, there's a lot of misconceptions because there's different types of negotiation. And uh, if it makes sense, I'll, I'll just sort of take a minute and walk through the three different primary types of negotiation people to enter, enter into. One type of negotiation is conflict resolution, right? So how do two parties at war come to peace or has a labor union negotiate with the corporation? And the key thing there is both parties have to deal with each other. And if they don't successfully come to a conclusion, bad things going to happen. So, for example, a labor union go out on strike or a company can shut down the factory, right? And there are two parties who have to for, for, who are forced to deal with each other. And that creates a lot of tension. Uh, and that's very different than a business-to-business -business sales negotiation where you want to win the deal, command a price premium, overcome status quo, and beat out competitors who look pretty similar to you. 
another type of negotiation is spot transactional negotiation. How do I beat a street vendor at $15? There's no sales process up front and there's no legacy on the back end. And those type of negotiations have a lot of techniques like do the takeaway or the walk away and a lot of uh, things that make that attic kind of scary and spooky. And what we specialize is in business to business sales negotiation where you want to win the deal, create a great long-term customer. Um, uh, I'm sorry, when you want to win the deal, create a great long-term customer, overcome status quo and beat out competitors and create a great long-term relationship. And that's a very different type of negotiation. So understanding those three paradigms and a lot of the spooky stuff and the scary stuff that you talk about and you speak about, rightly so, comes from the fact of spot transactional negotiation where you'll do anything to close a deal because it's a one-time transaction, right? We think of a car salesperson. Once you walk off that lot, they're gone forever. And if you ever come back to that lot, you're probably gonna see a different salesperson, right? So uh, and no disrespect to, to uh, that industry. It's just, it's a one-time transaction. They may see you in seven years, they may not. Um, and that's very different. And then conflict resolution is you're forced to deal with that other party, right? So you'll be with them for a long time. There may be past history of non-goodness uh, and future worries about non-goodness. Um, and in business, business sales negotiations, that's very different. You want to be their best friend, right? We're going to have a great long-term relationship. We're going to help your business grow, accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. And not only that, as you grow, we're going to sell you more products or get you more products that help your business continue to grow. So a lot of that misconception comes from those other two types of negotiation. And what's actually really interesting is if you try those other two negotiation techniques, spot transactional negotiation and conflict resolution, and you apply them to a business to business sales negotiation, oftentimes you'll do more harm than good. And what's actually interesting, if you, if you learn a business to business sales negotiation paradigm, they're backwards compatible. So you can use them much more effectively for spot transactional negotiation and for uh, uh, conflict resolution negotiation. Does that make sense, David? Good, it good. certainly does, yes. And, and I really loved your introduction because it really lays out the feeling that most people have before they go into a negotiation. It's going into that attic, that dark space I don't want to get to. I'd much rather be in the happier sales space, uh, you know, creating relationships, understanding problems proposing solutions to the problem, demoing all those problems, you know, how we can solve those problems. So completely and, and really appreciate the thought leadership you, you put into that. I appreciate that. So Ron, can anyone negotiate or do I need to have a particular personality? Anyone can negotiate. And it, it's actually really interesting. You know, a negotiation, we also think about like barrel chested, you know, union levers, hammering on the table, you know, smoking cigars, you know, sort of an outdated thing. Um, it's actually anyone can negotiate. And as long as you have good listening skills, good communication skills, you should be great. And as long as you have a plan. And uh, actually, we, we find a lot of women are great negotiators. Uh, and we have um, one, of, one of my favorite clients. Uh, she refers to herself as the velvet hammer. Um, she's so polite and so uh, understanding, but she's very firm in what she wants. And she does very well in negotiation. So, you know, I look at negotiation act of co-creation co and collaboration so that at the end of the negotiation, both sides can come out with more value than in the beginning, right? We're going to make this negotiation so great that uh, you're going to be happier than you even thought. Given that many of the people listening to us now are teachers considering making a move into entrepreneurship, I think many teachers may not recognize that they do possess very good negotiation skills when dealing with students, colleagues, administrators, parents. So uh, I'm interested in your in your thought on that. Uh, first of all, love it. Uh, so my background, I come from a long line of teachers. My mother was a teacher. Uh, my best friend, Rob, is a special ed teacher. Uh, many people in my family are teachers. 
And um, teachers are really good about, if you think about sales, it's just communication, right? And when you think about a teacher in a classroom, um, there are different modalities, right? Some people are more kinesthetic learners, some more people are more visual, some people are more auditory, uh, auditory, uh, auditory right? So a teacher's always thinking about how I can communicate to those particular students. Uh, and it gives you an incredible um, uh, skill set to work with. Um, and, you know, you think about differentiation, uh, you know, the different teaching styles, right? And how you can apply them. So I always just think about um, sales sort of has a bad name, but once you understand what sales really is, it's a, a perfect um, opportunity for, for teachers, especially. Uh, because to me, sales is all about listening and asking questions, right? So you want to get answers to questions. The more you talk, the more you're losing. The more you listen, the more you're winning. So just ask, you know, understand what people's issues are, understand what people's problems are, and then you can propose a solution that really, um, that really solves that. So if you're a teacher, you're way ahead of most people as far as the sales profession. And if I could leave in part one piece of wisdom on you, the image that we have of sales of a hard charging, hard talking, um, hard driving person is sort of a misconception. It's a person who listens and asks questions and understands a problem and can start solving it. Now, you want a lot of activity, of course, right? So you want to have a lot of opportunities, but it's really about listening and asking questions and having the patience to do that. Ron, having heard you speak on the topic before, you emphasize the concept of value. Can you explain what you mean and give an example? Yeah, well, absolutely. So you always want to talk about, it's very interesting. There's always the concept of price. And if you don't know the value you create, you're always going to be left to defend price. And that's going to put you in defensive or reaction negotiation position. You always want to talk about the value you create to the customer. And you get that through asking questions. So if I have this problem, um, for example, uh, let's say we're selling a tutorial, a tutorial or after school services, uh, just sort of as an example, you know, how important is it that we help this person get up to speed in math or reading or they accelerate? You know, how's that going to affect their career? How's that going to affect uh, their future, right? Um, there's a whole bunch of things you can talk about. So if you want to, if you're selling a package, just let's say, and a little out over my skis here, but let's say there's a package of tutorial programs where you can come to their house, uh, teach them a skill, or it could be piano lessons, it could be anything. You want to talk about how it's going to enrich their lives, right? How it's going to benefit them. Uh, so otherwise, if you don't know that, you're going to be left to defend, well, it's X dollars an hour, and that's really expensive. Absolutely. Totally. I, I understand that. However, it's an investment in your child, so they'll go to a better school, they'll have a better job, a better education, which literally be hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars later on in life. So your, your X dollars per hour is tiny compared to that, just sort of as an example. So you always want to know the value, and this is something that'd be really great for everyone to learn. When someone says price, you have to reflect back value, right? Because you'd be like, oh, I can hire someone over Zoom uh, in uh, a faraway place that'll do it for pennies, right? Absolutely, you can do that. But when you want them done right and correctly in your own home with a profession that you, with a person you know, so you won't waste your time and be really efficient. And this person will develop a love of learning. Just as this is a, one example, but it doesn't matter whether you're selling software, it doesn't matter whether you're selling anything. It's what is that solution going to be mean to that client? What's that quantified? If you can quantify a dollar value, that's always really great. Yeah, I think that it comes down to the difference between cost and investment. Mm -hmm. the, the cost is a liability, whereas the investment is an asset. Yeah, exactly. And I love that. So you're investing in your child's future, 
right. um, which is perfect. Excellent. If you are enjoying this podcast broadcast and wish to connect with David Zahn to pursue your own journey into entrepreneurship, you can schedule a no-cost and no-obligation 20-minute chat and chew with you discussion at www.oknowwhat.biz and that's spelled O-K-A-Y-N-O-W-W-H-A-T dot biz slash get dash started dot html and now back to our podcast when it, when exactly is the right time to negotiate so you're actually negotiating through your entire sales process but i always think that the, the more um overt there's sort of like a, an overt negotiation is when someone pushes back on your price um and i always like knowing uh before i enter a negotiation saying hey you know are you committed to moving forward before i even send you a proposal i don't waste your time i don't want to waste my time you know the range is going to be in this this amount you know does that seem right to you and i want to make sure there before i even send a proposal some proposals you know be just a handshake or a one pager but a lot of times your proposal will be a little detailed so um i always want to know where the number one choice and they're committed to moving forward before i even send out a proposal um and the real negotiation sort of takes place the minute they start pushing back on price just sort of an, an example that, that's the more traditional negotiation um, and again, you want to reflect back on value. You want to say, yes, that's an investment, and here's why. Do you recommend compromise as a good negotiation strategy? So um, what I always think is give and get. So if you want to define that as compromise, that's fine. If it's just sort of compromising on price, uh, meeting halfway, which people like to do, sure, as long as you get a longer-term commit or some other things you want, she'll serve as a, that person will serve as a reference whether we refer you to five other kids or whatever it might be. So there's a quid pro quo of um, I wouldn't give without getting. Sure, if you want to offer a little price discount, that's fine. But say, hey, I want a longer term commitment. I want a year-long commitment. Or what you could say is, hey, I'll, do, I'll offer extra value to you. So in the case of tutorials, you might just say, hey, I'll give an extra 15 minutes of time. Or... Uh, I'll do a, a monthly check-in with you and I to, to go, go over the progress. So I always think there's trade-ups you can do that continue to add more value than our dollar-for-dollar discount. So if you give a, a $100 or $1,000 off a program, that's the costliest give you can make. I mean, that's just money out the door. But what if you said, hey, I'll give you an extra training session, which may only cost you uh, a few dollars of gas money or whatever it might be, and your time, right? Um then you're not giving a $100 discount or a $1,000 discount, or whatever the number might be. Um, so I always think there are creative trade-ups you can do rather than giving discounts. Um, and I I don't like to phrase it as compromise. I like to phrase it as a way of expanding the pie. So, okay, we can add more value if you'd like. Um, and I try and avoid to reduce price. If you need to reduce price, make sure you get something in return, which would be, okay, if I reduce price, I need to know you're going to put a second child through. Or that might be a great trade-off. I'll let a second child sit through this tutorial or I'll, I'll spend an extra 15 minutes with your with your other child. Just sort of as an example, I'm a little over my skis on this because this is not my, my field of expertise. But I always look for things that add more value to that end person rather than shrink the pie of dollars. Right. Uh, generally speaking, discounting without getting something in return is never a good strategy. It's a race to the bottom. 
Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we as human beings and, you know, especially as teachers, uh, we're trained as pleasers, right? Just in the nature we are. We want to have agreement. Um, and you sort of have to overcome that and just sort of say, hey, I want to get paid what I'm worth, right? I work hard all day long. I have my own family. I have my own responsibilities. I have things I need to take care of. I'm dedicating this time driving over or whatever it might be, or whether it's over Zoom. I'm dedicating this time out of my day, not with my family, right? My marginal time. I need to get paid what I'm worth. Ron, if someone is new to this whole science of negotiation, are there specific steps I should consider to conduct a negotiation? And what would go wrong if I don't follow those steps? Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting. So first of all, anybody, anybody who's a teacher and thinking about going to sales, just read a basic book on sales, like spin selling would be really great for you. So it's really about question-based selling skills. Um, so you want to put a thorough sales process in, right? There's transactional sales, which is, yeah, hey, I want this. But you really want to say, hey, what, what, understand why the customer needs this and why the customer wants this. So you want to go through discovery, which is just asking questions. Um, and then when you understand the value that your services offer or whatever you're selling offer, then you can begin to sort of propose a, a solution. And the first is you want to make sure you're the number one choice and the buyer's committed to moving forward, right? So you say, hey, if price was an issue, would you want to move forward? Or would be your number one choice? And follow up with why. So let them tell you why they need to move forward, right? And the second is you want to know the value you create. So if you don't know the value you create, you left to defend price. So in the, in the example of uh, tutoring, it might be, you know, we need to bring Sally or Johnny's skills up to speed so they won't feel socially awkward or left behind or whatever those things are. Again, you know, I'm not the expert at this, uh, but in, in anything you want to talk about is how important is that uh, for the short-term and the long-term benefit? Right. And to have a child, you know, feel kind of good and comfortable in class at an early age, just sort of an example, the economic benefit to that has got to be huge on so many levels, you know, both economics, social, uh, on, on every which way you can measure it. Right. And what parent wouldn't want to do that? Um, and um, then you want to look at, you know, they're going to squeeze you, look forward to it, know it's coming. Like everybody's going to squeeze you on price. Learn to love the squeeze, look forward to it and resist squeezes by focusing back on value. So they're gonna take a swing. They're gonna say, hey, can I get you for 20% off? Can I take a 30% off, right? You can't blame them for trying and you gotta expect that they're gonna try and you say, hey, really, I'm taking time out of my busy day to help your child. And I love doing that, but I need to get um, compensated so I can pay my family and, and do things that I wanna do with my family. So look, look forward to being squeezed. Know who all has to be in the decision-making process if it's you know, two parents or a significant other, a grandparent, have them involved. And then if you are going to give something, give something that isn't a dollar for dollar discount. So say, hey, I'll let a, a friend sit in in the session or I'll have your daughter or other son sit in. I'll give them 15 minutes of free time. Um, but in return, I want a six month commitment or whatever it might be on a weekly basis or whatever it might be. So always look for creative ways to expand the pie. And um, never give without getting if you if you do give a discount. Um, and I'd rather see you expand the pot before you give a discount. Make sure you get something in return. So if you're going to cut your price from, let's say, it's $200 an hour or whatever the going rate might be, or $50 an hour to $25, uh, make sure you get something in return. And again, I'd rather say, I'll tell you what, we'll let your son, other daughter sit in the session as well, which can be a good value to them, you know, creating more value for them. Uh, or you'll give them a free 15 minutes uh, every week, uh, just sort of as an example. 
So that way you maintain your price and the, and the dollars coming in your door. Ron, one last question. What do you do when a prospect just wants to know the price or asks for a request for a quote and doesn't really want to engage in the that whole discussion? Just give me the number. Yeah. So um, there, there, there's a couple of reasons that generally happens. Um, they're using your price to beat down the price of someone else. Someone's just calling up for price, right? They're, the chance of you winning that business is actually really small. They're going to go take that price and they're going to bring it to two or three other people. Go, can you do it for this price? Uh, and that's the lowest. Um, I'm not adverse to giving a range. I'd rather engage them. But if I'm going to give a range, I'm going to give them the high end of the range um, because they, they're probably price shoppers. But if someone's not really willing to engage with you, I wouldn't spend a lot of time with them, right? You want to ask questions. You want to understand what they're going to do. And you're probably going to thank yourself for heading off issues in the long term. You know, if you're just bidding to race to the bottom, those are clients that are probably going to make your life um, less than pleasant. Ron, this has been really illuminating, whether we're neophytes or very experienced negotiators. So I very much appreciate spending some time with you. And I look forward to continuing this discussion in future podcasts. Thanks again. Thank you. And can I, can I just put a, a, a just one minute uh, follow up? Uh, and by the way, uh, I've known David now probably about 15, 20 years. And um, I always learn when I have a conversation with him. And I would encourage anybody who's interested in sales to um, learn from David. He's a great sales thought leader. Uh, I enjoy spending time with him. Um, whenever we're together, we, I, we go out for lunch or dinner in New York. Uh, we have a great time. I learn a ton from him. And I think uh, it will really help and accelerate your career. So I want to thank you for the opportunity, David, as, as always. Well, I appreciate that, Ron. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. All right. You have been listening to From Learning to Earning, hosted by David Zahn, the teacher's business mentor. If you have not already done so, please register to join the Facebook group Business Launch, from Fear to Fabulous, where you can find additional information and participate in a community of like-minded people venturing into business ownership. And if you are ready to receive one-on-one -on -one coaching or enroll in a self-paced course to make your dream business a reality, you can contact David Zahn at www.oknowat.com dot biz backslash get dash started dot html and as always we want to hear from you about topics you would like to have covered or your feedback on this or other episodes drop us an email with your thoughts at david zahn d-a-v-i-d z-a-h-n at Okay, now what.biz. And don't forget to invite your friends to listen to this or any of our other episodes and join our podcast community.